What's up, everybody? This is Jerry Ferrara, and you are listening to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah podcast. You know, you did mess up that one line, though. I did? Yeah. I mean, you said nine other brave souls, it's supposed to be eight other brave souls. All right. Obviously. Jesus, when do I mess up lines? Just write the number eight down on the inside of your palm. This way you can just sneak a peek. I do that shit all the time. Or who was number eight on the basketball team? You were, Turtle. Think of that. Good tip. Vincent! Hey, Werner. Baby bros, welcome back to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, The Entourage Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hickey, coming to you from New York City, New York. In New York for the next 10 days or so out here for a combination of work and me and my first wife's anniversary. Got an incredible episode for you guys this week. Episode 9 of Season 5, Pi. I had Benjamin Cruz on. Ben works for The Ringer currently, but he used to host all sorts of really, really, really great podcasts. One light years pod about my Golden State Warriors. We do talk about the Warriors a little bit. Uh, he's a great dude, and he's a pro. He knows podcasting and entourage in and out. I love having these diehard entourage fans on. He tells a story when I asked him what his relationship with entourage is like that blew me away, and I hope you guys enjoy it too. I think this is our longest episode of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah. Quick programming notes. I am going, believe it or not, of all the gin joints in all the world, I am going to the country of Colombia next week. Basically going straight from New York to Colombia to shoot a TV commercial I wrote. It's nothing sexy. It's for Mediterre. Uh, we're shooting it in South America because it is cheaper to shoot down there. And it was between Medellin or Bogota. And we landed on Bogota. I was disappointed that it's not Medellin. But the summer I bring back the Entourage podcast, my company sends me to Colombia. So I'm going to try to maybe do something when I'm down there. I'm pretty busy. Maybe I depart from the normal programming and like re-record one of the Medellin episodes. What sucks is that Welcome to the Jungle, the season four premiere where they're shooting in Medellin. I had Francis Ellis on for that one and Francis is an awesome comedian and he was an awesome guest. So I don't want to like redo that one for fear of, not for fear of anything, but like he did a great job and I don't want to like redo it just to redo it. So I'll figure that out. There may be a dap in the episode rollout because this was an unexpected trip. I, uh, didn't realize they'd be flying straight from New York to Columbia, so I'm kind of improvising here. Uh, last thing, last week's episode, Mike Tamerlando, the most positive feedback of all the new episodes so far. Mike's awesome. We had a blast just yucking it up about Turtle getting jerked off in first class. A couple people on the Entourage subreddit uh, called out how the volume on the episode was pretty low, so I just got done re-uploading that episode. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, go back. The volume level should be fixed now. Apologize about that. Some podcasting apps, you know, equalize the volume. Some don't. When I listen on Spotify, they sound good, but always appreciate constructive feedback like that. Um, follow the podcast at Oh Yeah Pod, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Follow me at JR Will Do It. Have a great rest of your week and enjoy this nearly 90-minute episode of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah. Talk to you soon, baby bros. My guest this week is a podcast manager for TheRainer.com. He's a Bay Area native, but most importantly to me, one of the former members of a very popular Golden State Warriors podcast for Blue Wire Pods. Benjamin Cruz, 
welcome for the first time to the Entourage Podcast. You know, JR, I've I've done a lot of pods in my day, and I've never really felt the need to yell victory, like giant drama, <laughs> until tonight. So that's what I was doing up until we started, uh, until we hopped on this Zoom. <laughs> I just want to let you know that. Uh, my wife, who's also a big Entourage fan, by the way, uh, looking at me sideways all day, but she knew. She knew this was a big day for me. Thanks for having me on, man. This is this is an honor, a freaking honor. Long, long time overdue. You've been busy. You had a kid. You were doing the NBA uh, postseason, the finals. Our Warriors, they did it. Up, they went all That's the way. Right. So you've been busy. It's been hard to lock you down, but you were telling me you're on some paternal leave right now, and you've been itching it back on the mic. Yeah, you know. It, it was uh it was a lot for you know my first go uh but it was it was amazing it was an amazing first run uh it was it kind of came in hot uh, I I came in hot as like a Warriors fan obviously and then you know uh, a lot of Celtics fans over where I work so it wasn't exactly uh, <laughs> I had to tread lightly <laughs> I guess you should yep. say and uh, it ended up being fine and uh, it was the, you know things just kind of aligned where it was finally time to uh, take that paternity leave and, and spend some time with my son <laughs> um, and repay back my <laughs> wife. So it was, uh, I'm, I'm ready, but I'm ready, man. Like, I've been fiending for, for some pod, for some pod talk. Awesome. Yeah. Before we start talking about entourage, I do want to just bring up a story. And I, and I mentioned it to you, like you and I have only ever met in person once. <laughs> yeah. Obviously we've been internet friends yeah. for a couple years now, but I think it was game two of the Western conference finals. I had flown up from Palm Springs. It was a Friday night. And I was sitting in my seats, which are not great seats. They're like upper upper deck, upper corner. And you were tweeting from the dame. And I was like, yo, what section are you in? And you were like five rows over from me, maybe. You were like a five-minute walk. And so we met up. And we, and we they were down. They were, Luca was torching us. And we went out in the concourse, chatted five, ten minutes, just like saying what's up, good to put a face to a name type thing. And we got back to our seats. And they had gone on like a 19-0 run, which – I think we were partially responsible for. So, you know, they're going to hand out rings uh, at the beginning of the season. I'm not saying we deserve one each, but I'm also saying we don't not deserve one. You know what I mean? And like, I think it was it was key that we had that meeting, change up the juju. And it was uh, it, you're right. It was it was just like the most random encounter. You're like, you DM'd me and you're like, yo, are you here? And then I was like, yeah. And then you <laughs> gave me your section number. I was sitting in the media section. And I looked over and I was like, oh, it's right there. Give me two minutes. I literally went down some stairs and there you were in all your glory. Just standing yep. and we chopped it up. I didn't want to, I knew you were working. That was the thing. I didn't want to bother you. And I, I, and I was drinking. So there was, there was a big <laughs> difference in what we were doing. Yeah. But yeah, maybe they, the Warriors can give us like half a ring each. We can wear them around our necks. Right. Connect them it, when we're Exactly. Together. We'll just say we're long lost brothers. You know what I mean? We'll just, that's, 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 that's yeah, the narrative. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ben, before we get into this week's episode, I'd like to ask our first-time guests, what is your relationship with Entourage like? When did you first watch it? Did you watch it all the way through the movies? Did you watch it live as it aired every Sunday night? So there's a reason why I'm excited to be on this show, and so I'm just, I'm just going to get into it. I'm a massive Entourage fan. Um, I got into it live a little late, actually around... 2008 so around the time of, of this episode that we're going to, yep. to talk about today yep. but it was around the time also i really started listening to podcasts like you know bill simmons on espn so being on, on the spot right now is very much like a full circle moment um but you know to, in terms of my relationship to the show uh, i remember going over to a friend's house then in 2008 and he just started an episode uh like on his computer and it was it was what about bob it was, it was episode uh, from season three Real and uh yeah, yeah, fantastic. So, and it wasn't the Ari or E Bob storyline that drew me in, or, or drama jerking off in his trailer. <laughs> but 
it was the turtle Vince storyline chasing down the Fukijamas. And so oh, there we go. I was and still am a huge sneakerhead. Mm-hmm. So um chasing a limited shoe drop uh, it, it 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 spoke to me like you wouldn't believe and i was like what is this show like no one's ever kind of done this so f- from there i figured this was a show i should i should i should absolutely you know get into but i didn't have hbo at the house um and, and hbo max wasn't a thing yet so uh i did what everyone did in the uh the kind of mid-2000s to catch up on tv shows or yep. movies i illegally downloaded it uh torrented the entire series crushed it quick to uh to catch up to to where it was live and uh i I even got my uh my then girlfriend who's my now my now my wife uh really into the show i roped her in by first showing her the mandy moore uh aquaman story arc uh, because that was that's a pro move right there that's a pro move get her involved in like the romantic thing that's awesome she was a big mandy moore fan so i was like oh you are let's watch this and then so also our three-year-old daughter's name is sloan which that's, is uh, that's beautiful. I, it's it's not completely due to Sloan sure. uh, in in the show. It's 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 partly paying homage, you know, paying yeah, my respects. Sure. Uh, our daughter's spelling has an e. Slo- uh, Entourage Sloan does not. Let me make it a little different. Um, when and so you were talking about the Entourage movie. When the movie dropped, my best friend and I flew to L.A. to watch it at a theater in L.A. with what? our other with our <laughs> other best friend. Who, we, we all love the show. So that that's just, so this is just the tip of the iceberg. I, so this is the cherry on top. This is something I ha- not a lot of people know uh, because this was just a Facebook thing. So I was such a big fan of the show, dude. I I entered the official Entourage Make a Friend Famous Facebook contest. No so way. this was this is a, was 100 percent a real contest. It was run by HBO and Entourage, and basically the winner got their own billboard in LA and I think there was like some other perk like you maybe sure. got to fly to LA maybe meet Connolly or something like that one, so one of my I, one of my profile pictures on Facebook I'll, I'll send this to you after Please. Still, has, still has the pick graphic they made for everyone who entered the show or the, <laughs> the contest so anyway the way the contest worked was um, you had to get your Facebook friends to vote for you right uh-huh. so your, your friends could vote up to five times per day and 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 then t- to make it to, to to make it to the finals of the contest right and then basically you have to finish in I think it was like the top five of fan voting, which I did. I finished in no the top way. five <laughs> and moved on to the finals of this contest. But I, I have a full-on confession to make now that the statute of limitations is passed. Yeah, what'd my you do? F- How'd you my, game it? How'd you cheat? My friend wrote a bot program to get me into there the top There he is. <laughs> so he had created something like 200 email accounts and Facebook accounts and wrote this program that automatically logged in, yep. voted for me five times, logged out logged into the next email and so on so i was getting something like a thousand votes a day <laughs> and then so i get to the and we we're doing like we would go to class we were in college at this time yep. um and we would come back and i would see myself like kind of in that top three top one i was like i just gotta get in the top five and then so th- there was no clear cri- criteria for like how they would chose the winner once you got into the top five but i decided to like do something to put myself over i really wanted to win this contest dude so yeah, sure what we you. what we did this is this is low key, very very embarrassing. We cre- <laughs> we created an entourage episode. No, for wait, like you filmed it? Yes, filmed no it. Way. So there's oh my god. I I played the Vince Vince role. I had someone one of my friends play the Ari role. One of my friends played the E E role. And the episode we shot was based off 
of the energy drink commercial episode. So we filmed like a real fight scene and shit. Like we we went to the upper parking lot of our local mall where one of my friends knew the security guard. So they would just leave us alone. So we were like fighting and shit uh, <laughs> in this upper area of this parking lot. And we filmed it, sent it to them. It was it was pretty legit. I got to say. Um, and I, I'm sure that. At some point, that's going to leak, and someone's going to embarrass the yeah, shit. Yeah, well, this has to exist somewhere. It's on YouTube, right? Oh, it's it's, it's absolutely on YouTube. I it, it <laughs> might be. I hope it's hidden because now that I'm like I was, as I was thinking through this, I was like I was cringing at the thought of it, like exposing myself to this. But sure. I was willing to win this contest. Spoiler alert: I ended up in like third. I didn't oh. win. Even after that episode, which they said they loved, they could have been yeah. lying. Sure. And for all I know, they're some uh, poor PR it. person's like, "Oh, this schmuck sent me a, a whole episode." <laughs> yeah, and they're probably gonna use it to blackmail me once. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. So, but that that is where my entourage fandom stems from. Ben, that is the most interesting and embarrassing <laughs> answer to what is your relationship with entourage like that I've asked. I've done seventy-five episodes of this, and that is definitely. I'm glad you saved that one, man. I'm glad you're here. Question, do you know who won? Like, how did that now, chick win? Once I didn't win, I was out. I was yeah, so mad. Fuck, fuck because <laughs> the production value of this thing was it was pretty high. You know, I'm sure. not saying it was, it, you know, now. Probably would have been easier now. We could, like, film it on an iPhone. Yeah. But we had, like, real big ass cameras Cam and stuff that we yeah. <laughs> yeah that we were <laughs> taking around and it was it was pretty good quality and we were using like actual i was talking about torrenting i think my friend downloaded <laughs> a, a really good video editing software to like yep. make it legit didn't sure. win so i was pissed i'm still not not a, i'm not bitter anymore because yes you're clearly yeah, you <laughs> yeah. Never... <laughs> i'm over it <laughs> i'm not dude there is no more bay area story than my buddy wrote a script. <laughs> I've, the, the amount of times I heard that in San Francisco, how come I can't ever get a, a dinner reservation for this really nice restaurant? Oh, my buddy, he wrote a script. He buys up all the dinner reservations and sells them on fucking Craigslist for yes. 50 bucks a pop or something yeah. like that. Awesome, dude. Awesome answer. And I'm excited. This is, in my opinion, an awesome episode of Entourage. We're doing great. episode nine of season five, Pi. It originally aired on November 2nd, 2008. Now, I usually ask, where were you on this date? It sounds like you were busy making your own episode <laughs> of Entourage with your buddies for this contest. No, no, no. I did, that had to have been for the movie, right? No, this was like in the wow. middle of the, of the run. So the movie Shit. wasn't even close yeah, to being out yet. All right. All right. So where were you yeah. in, in winter in, of 2008 in your yeah, life? Yeah. So <laughs> it was in definitely the third year of community college. I took the long route. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was in uh, was in year three. Yeah, year three of dating my now wife. Um, nice. I was thinking about moving to L.A. to become an actor. Uh, Entourage might have helped push that thought process further than it should have, honestly. But, you know, basically, I just turned 21. I was just trying to figure my yeah. life out. But, you know, that uh, that third year of community college is just how I, <laughs> I picture it. Because it was like, <laughs> should we go to class or film this episode of Entourage? And we chose the latter. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, this was a very, very big date big week in american history so just two days later on tuesday november 4th the 56th united states presidential election was held the democratic ticket of barack obama the junior senator from illinois and joe biden the senior senator from delaware defeated john mccain and sarah palin 
Obama became the first African-American to be elected to the presidency, as well as being only the third sitting United States senator elected president. Following his victory, Barack Obama gave his victory speech at Grant Park in my home city of Chicago before an estimated crowd of 250,000 people. Wow. During that speech, I was working behind the takeout counter at Maggiano's Little Italy, just Maggiano's. like five blocks away. Yes. <laughs> An elite Italian restaurant. Dude, uh, this is kind of weird, but my aunt started Maggiano's. My aunt was one of the first executive chefs. She opened up the flagship wow. location in Chicago. Maggiano's has been in my family as long as I can remember. Every wedding ceremony, every reception, Maggiano's. It's just that's huge. I, I worked there for five years. I never ate better because I was just bringing home trays of pasta and chicken parm, and right, it was, it was incredible. There's one right around the corner from our house that we yep. uh, we have frequented. <laughs> it's 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 become franchise, and this is before yeah. it was franchise. But I was like, it was a good college job to have. Let me just say that. One more on this date. Just two weeks later, a guard for Davidson University named Stephen Curry scored a career high 44 points in Davidson's four point loss to Oklahoma. He extended his then career long streak of scoring at least 25 points for the seventh game in a row. As we all know, in June of the next year, he was drafted seventh overall by our Golden State Warriors. Just had to throw it out there. It's just nice to know everything worked out well for that young man. The high point of his career, dare I say. Yeah. <laughs> it was that, <laughs> that, it was that all loss. downhill from there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> quick recap of this week's episode. And this one is actually quick. These have been pretty long lately, but this one I can get through pretty quickly. So if you haven't rewatched the episode recently or if you're not super familiar... Vince has his first day jitters on the set of smoke jumpers, and things only get worse when leading actor Jason Patrick steals several of his lines. After wimping out after confronting Jason, Vince goes to the director, Werner, who says Patrick wanted the lines and he had to please his temperamental star. But he assures Vince that he's watching out for his character's arc. Meanwhile, Ari has lunch with his old friend Andrew Klein, now a TV lit agent in Encino. When Andrew asks for a loan, Ari makes Lloyd go over his books to figure out how much he's going to lose, but Lloyd discovers that Andrew actually has a successful business with a cash flow, cash flow problem. Ari mates Andrew an offer he can't refuse to buy his business and become part of Miller Dold. But when Barbara hears this plan, she refuses. When Vince finally confronts Jason in the lunch tent after he swoops in front of Turtle for the last slice of pie, Jason informs him that it was Werner who actually gave him all of Vince's lines, and a frustrated Vince realizes that he's once again been had. Ben, what is your favorite moment from this week's episode of Entourage? Really great episode, uh, as, as you kind of recapped it there. Um, my favorite moment is, the loan is yours if you want it, but there's a better offer on the table for you. It's, it's when Andrew agrees to be bought out by Ari. Uh, I mean, so for me, like, you don't see a lot of Ari's friendships um, yeah. outside of Vince and, and his wife. So it was, it was really cool to see him almost like bro out <laughs> a little bit and yeah. decide, you know what? There's an opportunity here to bring my old friend to the big time with me. And, it, you know, I'm going to take it. And, and, you know, the whole journey of, of this kind of this story, right? Like Ari not initially, initially not even wanting to go to lunch with him. Yeah. Right. And then <laughs> they immediately jump into pounding scotch at lunch <laughs> at this, this restaurant that is probably Applebee's adjacent, uh, I guess. Uh, um, and then to, to finding out his friend, runs actually a very profitable business and then and then buying him out or offering at least it, it's just really it's really heartwarming but also a moment where you kind of think to yourself like yeah i would totally would have done that if i were you know in ari's position and i had that opportunity to kind of bring my friend with me 
Andrew. I don't want to give you the loan. All right, I understand. No hard feelings. I want to buy your company. Buy my company? Buy what I want to sell. So you can get back to the place that you were supposed to be. I'm doing great. It's just a cash flow problem. Andrew, you're, you're like LeBron James if he was playing in Spain. Sure, people know he's good, but no one wants to eat paella while watching basketball. I'm not going to sell my company. I mean, I understand if you don't want to give me a loan. I want to give you a life. The life that you and I were supposed to have together. You'll make more money. You'll have more responsibility. You'll feel better about yourself. All right, the loan is yours if you want it. But there's a better offer on the table. And a drink. <laughs> Waiter, uh, another scotch. Make it two, actually. Doubles. Well, chronologically, he just turned down the studio job and basically handed it off to Dana Gordon. So now Ari needs right. something to do. And this is a really nice thing. I loved the arc of it as well. Like you just said, we see his wheels turning throughout the episode of, because we've all been there. There's the old friend you don't really want to catch up with, but you feel obligated to. That turns into a better lunch than he, I'm sorry, a worse lunch than he thought because Andrew Klein asks him for a loan. And then there's this moment of revelation where Ari at, the, at his core is a ruthless businessman. And he knows yeah. I can both help my friend and help, my own self, my agency. Let's make this happen. And I love that. I love it. I love the growing down scene at the at the bar. I loved I loved him going over the numbers with Lloyd. I loved him pleading his case to Barbara. It's a really, really nice, like you said, character development for a character. We've only seen like Artie Lane, who's his like loser friend who, you know, started stamps.com back in season yeah. three. And that, you're right. It's seen his life outside of his family and his agency it was pretty cool in my opinion. Yeah, and with the Artie Lang character, I got the feeling he didn't really even like him, right? He just yeah. he liked him because when they were kind of at the peak of their friendship, he was kind of the loser friend where he could yep. kind of feel good about himself. And the second, you know, this dude is like basically a freaking billionaire or however much money he made from Stamps.com, has a smoking hot wife, and all of a sudden he's like, I don't know, man. Like, if, if that's all it took <laughs> from like him to turn on him, yeah. Like, how close sure. of friends were you? I don't know. I've, I've sure. some, I have some questions. So it's, 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 it's a great... Uh, moment for for Ari that I don't think gets talked about enough or like, at least I don't think about it enough it was just in watching this episode where I was like oh this is interesting uh, I've never seen I, you barely see the side of Ari yes and I'm, I don't want to dive too deep into that but like when it comes to the smoke jumpers episodes when they're on set in Big Bear I never thought super highly of them but upon rewatching, I was like this is a great episode this introduces mm -hmm. so much and I, I want to put a pin in that and we can talk about it as we continue through but i just want to talk about my favorite moment from the episode which is when the guys first get on set and they kind of look out over the mountains and then you see this like crazy pyrotechnic explosion yeah. like masterpiece going off and we see Werner for the first time directing on a megaphone from the helicopter turtle literally just goes this movie's gonna be so sick and that's what you feel as the viewer watching this the first time you have all this optimism and hope in this scene because as viewers, we saw Vinny on set in Colombia at Medellin, you know, maybe nine, ten episodes before, and that was a bomb. So you're praying, this is it. This is it for our boy. He's coming back. We're all a little anxious here, just like Vince. Sadly, <laughs> that wasn't the case. But in that moment, I remembered feeling that way, and watching this episode made me feel that way again. And now you're freaking me out, Johnny. Sorry, bro. Ah, don't worry about it, Vince. It's just going to be like all the other movies you've ever done, only a little bit bigger. 11, 15, fire! 
say a quick fun fact this episode actually won an emmy award for outstanding sound mixing for a half hour drama series which oh shit entourage doesn't win a lot of emmys jeremy piven won three ferrari gold tevin dylan was nominated three times sadly in the tame in the same category as jeremy piven but it's not the most amount of emmy love the show's ever gotten so it's it's nice to hear that the, they picked up a day a daytime emmy for this one i, I like it yeah yeah no that's that's awesome it, it, Entourage didn't win enough Emmys. Let's just or awards, period. <laughs> it never it never got the true love it deserved. So I'm glad we have this podcast to kind of fan out on it, you know? Yeah. That's that's why we're here. Yeah. What's your favorite bros being bros moment from this week, Ben? And that can mean whatever you think bros being bros means. So this was this one was probably the toughest category to think about. Because there's there's a lot in this episode actually. Right. Yeah. I think like the first time I saw it. You just kind of look at it as like, oh, Vince's start of his comeback. There's actually a lot of bros being bros moments. One, uh, I have a couple, so I'm going off script here. But this was just like, obviously, Ari and Andrew probably yep. drinking more than they should have uh, during the aforementioned business dinner. Um, Reminiscing. Yeah, just like talking about old times. That's, that's right. bros being bros. Very bro-y. Uh, Jason Patrick working out in his trailer with his boy Jinx, uh, gets Vince a protein shake in the middle of the conversation. And he has... Two incredible broy lines. Uh, yep. Do you know how hot it gets when wood combusts three thousand degrees? I like to acclimate my body. Incredible. And then also <laughs> at the end of that scene, when he goes, "I'm gonna go do some crunches." What? <laughs> Come on! Like you can't get any more broy than that. It's, it's it's incredible. Hey Vince. Hey. Everything okay? Yeah. I uh, I just wanted to talk about the scene. Thank you. Feel good about it. How do you feel you did? I, I felt good. I just good. I felt you were pretty good too. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So I, I just want a protein shake. No, I'm... you should have a protein shake. Jinx, get him a shake. Let's give him the pet. Okay, so it's about. Put him on. I just wanted to talk to you about the lines. Yeah, the good ones, aren't they? Yeah, a lot of them. Mm. <clears throat> <clears throat> So, if we, it's really hot in here. And you know how it can get when wood combusts, don't you? 3,000 degrees. Hot. I like to jack up the heat, acclimate my body a little bit, you know? Okay. Um, so. Some life we're living in, amen? Some life. I'm gonna do some crunches. Okay. And then drama is very bro in this episode man like he he defends vince vince's honor so beautifully um obviously at the end you know with with the barbecue sauce handprint uh sure. on, on jason patrick's shirt but obviously i mean come on J- drama taking a massive shit in jason patrick's trailer <laughs> as revenge that there's no other 
there's no bigger bro moment for me. Uh, and also, I was like, how big of a shit did he take? Like, it, <laughs> it literally caused Jason Patrick to stumble out of the entire trailer. It was it's, it's an incredible acting job by JP, I gotta say. Gotta go. I think old Werner's a bigger pussy than I am. Someone's gotta put a stop to this. Jinx! Fucking flush! Well, he's an incredible actor. Drama is on another level this episode and there are so many little lines little moments that he says and does throughout the episode that are good so so my bros being bros moment is him being so concerned about vince's hunger and energy levels for like the first <laughs> third of the episode like at the beginning vince is like i'm good i don't need any breakfast he's like you don't want any breakfast and he's yeah. so upset and then in the car ride over they're on the back of that flatbed and he's like drink a power bro you your yeah. electrolytes electrolytes like He's like, this is not the best way to start the most important day of the biggest movie of your career. <laughs> he's like, drama, stop freaking him out. It's, dude, it's, 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 he's playing that older brother personal trainer role. I know me, Ben, when I'm on a road trip, I'd have to eat like every three hours. If someone hasn't eaten the whole time, I'm like, dude, are you okay? Do you need to stop? I, I'll stop because I want to eat, but you haven't eaten all morning. And, and I'm very like, uh, empathetic when it comes to that so it's yeah. just funny to see him losing his marbles over over Vinny's diet <laughs> well he's that's just constantly him right well he's also yeah. like technically like the group chef right so he, he's just constantly yeah. thinking about it but i mean the electrolytes uh part where the, you know they're riding in that in, in in the truck it reminds me of that same scene where they're they were going to the aquaman premiere and they had to drive into the valley and he's like <laughs> stacking a but yeah. he's like a massive cooler full of waters uh, that he's just so concerned about the entire crew being dehydrated for this like what maybe like an hour drive uh he's he's got a great line he goes we're going to the valley drama not the sahara yeah <laughs> it's, exactly. <just> so good. <laughs> it's really good really really good baby bro yeah johnny how'd you get down here i've been up for hours you blew right past me really Yep. Ready for work today? Mm, getting there. You want me to make you anything special for breakfast? Oh, no, I'm okay. I'm not really hungry. Not hungry. Hopefully it's just first day jitters, bro. Leave him alone, Drama. He's fine. He barely slept last night. Now he doesn't want to eat. He's not fine. Here. Drink a power in, bro. No, thanks. Get your electrolytes off. No, thank you. It's not the best way to start the most important job of your career. You trying to freak him out? No, I'm trying to calm him. Yeah, well, you're not. You're making us all crazy. Nah, he's not getting crazy. Vince ain't like us. He's cool as ice, right? Actually, I am a bit nervous. God damn it, I knew it. Can you shut up, drama, please? There's also a really small bros being bros moment. It's like they're eating lunch. This is in the lunch tent. This is the first time after Jason Patrick has stolen one of Vince's lines. And Vince goes, that's it. I'm going to go talk to him. And Turtle springs up yeah. and goes, I'm right behind you. And Vince goes, no, alone. And it's just, it's again, it's tiny. It's like, they, these guys have each other's back undeniably. Like, Jason Patrick's a, like you said, kind of a meathead, bro-y motherfucker who like, let's say he gets angry at them. Like, Turtle doesn't know what he's walking into. and like, But he's there, he's going to defend his boy's honor, and he's, he's got his boy's back, which I really, really like. Yeah, it was it was instant. Uh, yeah. Like I don't I don't know if that was in the script of the actual show to be like, oh Jerry, jump up. You know what I mean? Or you know, just go. But 
instinctually you just feel that you're like oh yeah like i have friends like that <laughs> you know we're like where are you going i'm rock i'm going with you so it's uh th that's a great call by you it's, it's very subtle but it's great hey that's what i'm here for and let's get our mutual friend jerry ferrara back on the pod to answer that question hey jerry do you he'd be like i don't <laughs> it was yeah. 20 years ago dude <laughs> <laughs> shout out jerry you're talking about yeah, yeah shout out jerry much love least favorite moment there weren't a lot for me do you have any i have one main one it kind of it kind of goes throughout this whole kind of goes throughout this whole episode and this whole this whole story arc. So, the introduction of Werner Volstadt. Uh, I can't I can't stand this dude from the jump. And you can it's because you can tell right away he doesn't like Vince, mm -hmm. right? Like his first line to Vince is, "I thought you were shortening your hair." Like, yeah. Word. You're not not. How are you? I'm excited to work with you. Or like, let's go. So. <laughs> And, and this character actually low-key ruined uh, Stellan Skarsgård for me. Like, I, <laughs> I, I think he's a phenomenal actor. Yeah. But yeah. anytime I saw him in anything else after the story arc, whether it was it was Thor, any of the Avengers, yeah. or during any rewatches of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean uh, at World's End, all I could think was, you're the asshole director who didn't like Vince. You know what I mean? Like, how dare you? And, and Kraut director. <laughs> yeah, he, he lied to Vince about, about the line stealing. He made it seem like it was Jason Patrick going rogue. And in reality, it was him causing all this yeah. chaos and tension between his two main stars. And um, it also, like, on this... Uh, so I, I rewatched this episode twice. Mm -hmm. um, on both rewatches, I it really started to wonder, like, how good of a director... This guy really is like, yeah, he went with the first take of the film with Vince having his mouth open while JP said his line like that. That couldn't have been a clean edit. You know, when he was looking at the dailies, he's like, oh, I like this. I like this version. So I, I know he won a few awards, but I don't know. Are we sure? Are we sure he's good? He seems out of his element. Uh, a little bit, which which actually does prove true by yep. the conclusion of of this story. Arc. It's a good point. He's doing like the Clint Eastwood thing. You hear about Clint Eastwood? He only he only does like yeah. two or three yeah. takes. He's like he, he's kind of up, but that's Clint Eastwood. That's not yeah. like foreign director Werner Volstein or whatever his name is. And it's funny because I've you know I, I've I've watched all the way through a couple times at this point in preparation right. for the season. And this three episode arc of these Smoke Jumpers episodes, you at first think he's trying to make a good movie next episode next week he really hones in on vince and like his like uh bad habits as an actor and you yeah. kind of even think like oh maybe he's just trying to make vince better maybe he's just challenging him maybe this is the first director that's ever gonna like bring out a good performance from vincent chase as opposed to like just letting him be movie star vincent chase but then by the third episode he like falls off a cliff and is just like you can't act this movie's terrible it's my movie, not yours, and like demanding that him be recast. So it's just an interesting arc for the character to bring him in, like you said, so abruptly and so sharply criticizing Vince. And then by the end of it, he just hates him completely after no growth, after no journey with right. the character. He's just he's just anti-Vince from the from the jump. So Vincent! Hey Werner. I thought we were shortening your hair. Yeah, I, I wasn't told. Oh, it's fine. Doesn't matter. So you ready to go? Uh, yeah, I'd love a minute to discuss what you want me to do with this character. There's nothing to discuss. We shoot it. And if I don't like it, I will tell you. I'm sure I will like it, okay? Okay. Jason! I agree with you. My least favorite moment is basically every scene where Jason Patrick steals one of Vince's lines, how nobody does anything. How nobody, like, everyone's just like, what? Yeah, what? Yeah, and you're just like, dude, fucking walk up to the director and be like, excuse me, there's a script supervisor on right. 
set who make sure every word is said on the script. Like, why didn't that person speed up? How badly run is this film production? Again, it's we're nitpicking here, but that's the point of the pod. <laughs> but that was Vince's complaint too, right? He he mm-hmm. names anyone. He names a script supervisor. Yep. It's it's yep. a great point. Like, yeah, I, I know you know it was obviously Werner who told Jason Patrick that he could have those lines, yeah. but literally no one else. No one else yeah. is overseeing this. Like, there's no like, again. It's 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 it was doomed to fail from the beginning. Uh, also, real quick, do did you do you like Smoke Jumpers better than Nine Brave Souls? I, I, I just, oh, the name. Yeah, the name of the movie. Because every time you say it, I'm like, no, I don't. Li- I don't like Smoke Jumpers because it makes me think of Chainsmokers. Fair. I I, <laughs> I I think of the restaurant at Disney California Adventure that's called Smoke Jumpers. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> it's. I've definitely been there. Yeah, yeah. They serve you know <laughs> Dude, average a, that's food. A, that's a good. That's a California poll right there. Not yeah, a lot yeah. Of people don't know that one. No, they're that's not. <laughs> yeah. You know what? There's actually this is insane that I'm going to say this out loud. I was just up in I was in Mammoth in Mammoth Lakes for the Fourth okay. of July, and there is a barbecue place called Smoke Jumpers there as well. And I like thought about saying something or tweeting something. And I was just like, what am I doing? I can't believe this is so much <laughs> of my life. <laughs> Hey man, what's if you're a fan? Every time yep. you see that term together, you're just gonna think of Vince's sort of failed movie. Uh, yeah, you know, so it's uh, it, it's fair. It's a fair uh, assumption. And if you're a fan, this next question should make sense to you. What was the most entourage moment of this episode? And that can mean whatever you think entourage means. Ben. Yeah. So it actually kind of relates to something you were talking about with the line stealing. So each time Turtle Drama and E get upset with Jason Patrick stealing Vince's lines, like, I think that's so entourage. Because, you know, I think, like, at its core, like, this show is just about friendship, right? And, yep. like, how they're on this ride with Vince, with his career. And, and they're all there on set. They're, they're rooting hard for their boy to make it back from movie jail. You know what I mean? And um, I can, like, on Vince's other projects, they probably weren't always on set. Uh, you sure. Know, but, you know, they're such good friends. They want to support the hell out of their guy. And... Uh, he's on the precipice of, of escaping movie jail, and it, it, it's it's it just felt so like heartwarming to me because to your point, no one else says anything. Yeah, no one else, and they're the only ones who are like looking around, like what the fuck, man. Uh, so yeah. their friendship just really comes out um, in, in in those moments. Fire's coming from the west. The west winds are blown out of control. We'll have to bring in more men. There sir. are no more men to bring in. You know what's waiting in there for you. And eight other brave souls waiting for them. There's no way you can't go now. That's Vince's Cut! line. Perfect! Let's move on! One take? Yes! Love that! Whenever they've shown actual Vince movie scenes, they're really like defining movies, I think, in his career. So like Queens Boulevard, uh, Aquaman. Medellin, smoke jumpers, hide from uh, yep. from from the movie, and like it's all good and bad, right? So like Queens Boulevard and Aquaman, obviously thumbs up, you know, great sure. Vince work. Medellin and smoke jumpers, not yeah. so much, but they all the kind of fancy kicking a soccer ball, right? Exactly, <laughs> uh, but they all kind of define kind of the next path of where he's going. I mean, we never see anything from you know, from Heads On or Gatsby yeah. or, or Ferrari or whatever that a- he does that animated movie uh, that he just kind of throws in. He does some <laughs> voiceover work. Uh, yeah. Just the mega important ones. And I would argue though, we should have seen some scenes from Gatsby because uh, yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. It's a freaking Scorsese movie. Like what the hell? I know. It was, it was a huge moment. 
we're three episodes away. I'm excited. I need to figure out. I need to figure out a good guest for the end of. I need to let a New Yorker on for that one. Is that whole episode's in New York? It's you know, us West Coasters. We can't do it justice. Someone with a <laughs> thick accent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really I had a. I had a. Uh, oh, our mutual friend Lamb, yeah. Nick Lamb Davis yeah. on. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, dude, his New York accent was fantastic. Kind a plus. He, yeah. Great dude. And just like you, like loves the show so much. You could you could just feel it come out of the the episode. Yeah, so this is we kind of talked about this already, but my most entourage moment is just Turtle and Drama's side quest to like get back to Jason Patrick, <laughs> yes. like have their boys on her. Yeah. All the pranks they pull. That's a very atypical entourage thing to me, is like Vinny and E are dealing with something important and Turtle and Drama are dealing with something not as important, but also entertaining the hell out of us and doing that like when drama and turtle have something to do it makes for a great episode when they're just kind of like following e and Vinny around it usually isn't as strong of an episode because you're focused too much on the main thing and uh so i like that like yeah like you said he steals the seat back to take the dump in his trailer and then he puts the uh barbecue handprint on him that's good it's childish but it works hey how are you i have pages for mr patrick oh, you can leave those with me i'll make sure mr patrick gets it as soon as he comes out okay You hurry up, drama. Easy does it, turtle. Easy does. All you gotta do is hide the chair back in there. Took the opportunity to inflict a little damage. What kind of damage? The number two kind. He took a shit in his trailer. And sue me if I forget to flush. Are you serious? Did you say revenge is best served? I'll accommodate. Oh. And t- the look on Turtle's face in this episode when he gets the pie stolen from <laughs> by Jason Patrick, he looks so hurt. He's like, "I love a banana cream it, it's, pie. It's I don't great acting." <laughs> and he, yeah, he was getting it for his friend. <laughs> like he just he gets him a sad cookie. <laughs> like the way he just tosses him the cookie, he's like, "I got you this." Oh man, it's it's great. It's 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 a to your point, it's a great Turtle uh, Turtle drama episode. What was your favorite line or quote from this week's episode? There's so many good ones. Oh, there's so I, I had to pare it down. Uh, I was able to finally pare it down uh, to I got three. I'm sorry, there were so many. I wrote down so but I got three. You're oh, like apologize. You're like LeBron James if he was playing in Spain. Incredible. Uh, that's Ari obviously talking about Andrew and uh, his current status. Uh, sure, people know he's good, but no one wants to eat paella when watching well, basketball. Exactly. It's a good point. Great. A hot, hot steaming dish of seafood. That's that'd be tough. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's great inspirational speech by ari by the way oh he's yeah just, he's yeah. on one he's on this episode. Yeah. um when drama says when vince is about to go talk to jason patrick and drama <laughs> yells remind him he got molested in sleepers they'll throw him <laughs> off balance <laughs> what that's who how do you even think of that it's 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 great remind him of a role that he played <laughs> that defined his career in case you forgot <laughs> exactly it's it so good but turtle's right you gotta nip this in the butt that's how a star marks his territory Andrew Shue did the same thing to me on Melrose. How'd you stop him? I banged this girl. What'd that do? I don't know, but she was booming. I'm gonna go talk to him. Right behind you. Alone. All right, then go get him. Hey, remind him that he got molested in sleepers. That'll throw him off balance. Um, and then when Jason Patrick, after after he says, after he, goes, he says we're gonna go do some crunches, or no, it's, mm-hmm. it's somewhere in the scene, he just says, some life we're living is oh, Vince. It's so some good. life and <laughs> just the delivery. It's but it's, he's not even really staring good. at Vince. He's like staring off into space. He's just like some life, some yeah. life we live in, and it it truly is like the life of an actor is one of the strangest lives ever. But it's wild. 
But hearing him say that to Vince in that kind of douchey, like that douche aura that he's like surrounded by in the, <laughs> yeah. in the tank top. And after he's been, you know, hitting the speed bad, you're like, all right, dude, relax. You think a little highly of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Those are great. Um, okay. I have three completely different ones, which is great. Uh, so Vince is reading his lines uh, before he goes on set, and Drama goes, maybe say it next time with a little more emotion, bro. <laughs> and Vince goes, no, I'm just memorizing, but thanks, so Johnny. As if, like, Drama wouldn't know that he was just, like, going through his lines. He thought he was actually trying to act. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. I know what's in there waiting for me, and nine other brave souls knew it was waiting for them. There's no way I can not go now. Maybe uh, try it with a little more emotion, bro. I'm just memorizing, Johnny. Thanks. Saving it up for in front of the cameras, right, Vin? Yep. Just checking. We're ready for you, Mr. Chase. And then this is a really, like, little joke that I enjoy between Ari and Lloyd. Ari says this a couple times, but he says, Ar, uh, he says, Andrew and I were both rising stars. We were the same. We made lots of money. We got tons of pussy. And Lloyd goes, what happened? And he goes, we married too young. He goes, no, I mean, with work, Ari. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's such a good little throwaway line between Lloyd and, th- and their interaction this whole season especially is so good leading up to him wanting to become an agent next season which is good as well we were the same rising stars both made lots of money both got tons of pussy what happened we both married too young i meant with work when terrence and jim oliver split they ended up dividing up the agency i went with terrence andrew went with jim jim ended up ripping off all of his clients and his employees and Andrew never made it back to the big time again. That's sad. Get him on the phone. I want to have drinks tonight. You're going to give him the loan, Ari? I'm going to do a lot more than that, Lloyd. I'm going to give him a life. Maybe someday he'll give me one, too. And then last, they're sitting around eating lunch. This is before Vince storms off to uh, Jason Patrick's trailer. And, uh... Uh, drama talks about an old co-worker that uh, was taking his lines and Vince goes, how'd you stop him? He goes, I banged his girl. And Eric goes, what did that do? And he goes, I don't know, but she was booming. Yeah. <laughs> <Which> is, <laughs> like, booming, which is like something someone would say in the 80s. Like, it's right. just perfect. <laughs> perfect line delivery uh, by, by drama. Oh, great, great choices. I think we... Uh, great choices. That's, that's a great system right there. Along with the great drama lines, there was some really great music in this week's episode. Scott Venner, music producer for Entourage, like, he brings it most weeks, but this week, in my opinion, he really brought it. We have a playlist, Ben, it's called the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah Music Playlist. It's on Spotify. It's in the show notes of today's episode. Go check that out. Follow it if, if you are so inclined. But any songs jump out at you from this episode? So it's the one that really stood out to me. And I, I don't know the name of it. I was like trying to find it. Um, yep. Was the song right at the very end? So you find out, or Jason Patrick says, uh, "Werner gave me the lines," and then Werner's yep. on stage, you know, saying thank you to everyone for a great day one of shooting, and v- the death stare that Vince is looking at him with, and then you, the music comes in and it goes to it goes to credits. Uh, it just really kind of put a nice bow on the episode where it was like oh he was duped this whole time by by this douchey director and like the music just really kind of set uh helped settle in kind of the feeling that vince had uh in that moment so again i I couldn't find the uh the song title but that one really got me kind of at the end and i I love it when it just it starts to play kind of in the as the scene is winding down and then just a hard cut uh to the credits that's it hey jason What's up, Vince? Did you take that pie from Turtle? Turtle? Yeah, this guy, my friend. He's waiting in line for this pie, and you took it. 
I did. You kind of did. Uh, I'm sorry about that, man. And while we're on the subject, you kind of took a few of my lines today, too. Right, tell them, bro. What lines? All of them. All right, I don't seem to be following where we're going, but there seems to be a bit of a problem here. Yeah, the big monologue in the first scene, advice to Malone in the third scene. Werner gave me those lines. Werner? Werner, our director. I assume you knew that. Well, I didn't. Now you do. So why don't you go take that up with him? Because any confusion that there seems to be has nothing to do with me. Hello. I want to thank you, everybody, for a fantastic first day. Alphonse! Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you don't have to worry because I have this on. It's called The Artist Storytelling Part 2 by a little band called Outcast. Oh, um, of course. So fucking good. Yeah. Of course. I saw Outcast live for their reunion at Coachella, the first Coachella I ever went to, and it was on my 25th birthday, and it was like the first major gift that my then-girlfriend, now-wife, gave me, and it's one of those seminal music, like... Yeah, John Hitty moments of his life where I yeah, will yeah, never yeah. forget where I was. Uh, Children's Story by Slick Rick also good. It's when uh, Jason Patrick is like takes Vince's line into Ari meeting with Andrew at the, at the weird restaurant. Uh, and then there's this like I, I used to have this on a playlist uh, in college, and it's not on Spotify anywhere, but it's like a remix of a song called Glock Nines by Ratatat, the DJ. Okay. And it's playing. It's playing when this like. Strip supervisor chick is walking up to uh, Jason Patrick's trailer and Turtle is standing <laughs> yeah. guard outside while drama, yeah. drama drops a steam in one <laughs> in the trailer. <laughs> but uh, three just like really good, like deep cut hip hop songs. I'll put two of the three on the Spotify playlist because I don't think one of them exists. It's been a while since we've had a strong music episode, so it was, it was good to see. Okay, we have the celebrity cameo category and we say best and worst you seem to feel pretty strongly in the negative sense about Stellan Skarsgård. So who do you want to talk about first, Stellan Skarsgård or Jason Patrick? It's up so, to you. Oh, so I have, I have Jason Patrick as the best one. Um, okay. And, but I w- let's start there because I, I, I have a confession, and I need your take on this. So I gotta be, I've never seen a Jason Patrick movie okay. in my, in my is, life. This is totally fair because he is like New York stage royalty. Yeah, he's like he was born and raised in Queens. He's the son of Academy Award nominated and Pulitzer Prize winning playwright Jason Miller. He's the his maternal grandfather was Jackie Gleason, the actor and comedian. So like, okay. he's one of these like wow. okay. acting family guys. Yeah, that sounds weird, but like he's from an acting family, and all of his movies are very very New York movies to me, and none of them are like blockbuster. Academy Award winning, like career defining things. They're all of these kind of like under the radar indie, but he's considered an extraordinarily good actor. I've only ever seen one of them. <laughs> he's in he's in like nine movies, and I've only ever seen Sleepers, which is the one where he gets molested, which Wait, is a, a very drama, movie. <laughs> yeah, which drama shouts out. So like I, I remember after seeing this episode, I had to look him up because I was like, yeah. I, I thought was was he one of these fake actors that they're putting in <laughs> into this universe? Yeah, um, that'd be weird. I mean, but he's great in this episode, man. Just just throwing fastballs in every scene. Um, the way he yells, love that, uh, in, love in, that. in yeah. approval of Werner's directing style uh, is is freaking incredible. And and like, is he he's on his IMDb. Speed 2 is on there. 
Is that yes. is that correct? That's correct. Yes, he, he famously Christ. replaced Keanu as Keanu. The, you know uh, trying to trying to part that boat that was uh, <laughs> I think heading I, towards the pier. I didn't watch it. I almost had a protest because I was like, Keanu's yeah. not in this movie. I'm not gonna. Wa-. I was a kid and I was like, I'm not watching this about <laughs> Keanu. Jason Patrick is a very good Vincent Chase contemporary at this time, 2008. Yes. Like Jason Patrick's career is strong. It's not like blockbuster level. Vince is kind of always portrayed as as this laid back pretty boy. So yeah. Jason Patrick's like beefy intensity and as we've talked about, kind of broiness play really well against him for like I'm just gonna bully you around the set, take your lines, and do whatever I want in every scene. I'm actually kind of bummed that we don't see more Jason Patrick throughout the rest of these Smoke Jumpers episodes because he's only in yeah. this episode, and then it's like. Vince versus Werner or Warner or whatever the hell you want to say it for the next two episodes. So I would have just liked a little bit more Jason Pat. I mean, you know, he, he signed on for one episode. He's a movie star. He wants to do movies. I get it. But I would have liked to see a little bit more of that fleshed out. Um, yeah, we've already talked about the lines. Some life we live, Vince. Some, Some life. life. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So Stellan Skarsgård, to me, will always be the math professor who discovers Will Hunting's genius on the chalkboard. And That's fair. So I've always... Loved him because I love Goodwill Hunting. I agree that in this, he's the bad guy. He's dressed in all black. He has a thick German accent. He he's like the stereotypical bad guy from like the '80s action movies. But right, you cannot deny the man's resume. He's a Swedish actor. He's known primarily for his early collaborations with director Lars Van Trier. But his early films included The Hunt for Red October, Goodwill Hunting, Ronin, and then you mentioned it. Two Pirates of the Caribbean. He was in the Mamma Mia's. He was in Dune recently. <laughs> yeah. Like this dude is working, and he's gonna be in the upcoming Star Wars prequel series Andor on Disney yes. Plus. Like, yeah, uh, incredible. Like this, this, this guy's body work, including, and then we, yeah, you mentioned the Thor stuff. He's in five different Marvel movies: two Avengers and and three Thors. Um, do you know how many kids he has? <laughs> oh no! I, the fact that you have to ask this question. It's kind of alarming. I, I don't know how many kids he has. He has eight, eight oh children, <laughs> and four of them are famous male actors. Alexander Starsdard. Obviously, yes. Gustav Starsdard, Bill Starsdard, Pennywise the Clown, and Walter Starsdard. So that's pretty good if your kids are, wow. you know, if half your kids turn out to be famous actors, that's pretty nice. That's a great batting percentage. I mean, like if you're looking at this yep. from a baseball standpoint, that's that's huge. He's a he's You've a got two famer. kids. If one of them becomes a pro pro athlete, you did pretty well then. <laughs> they won't, but yeah, that would, that would be huge. Uh, and and like look, he's the worst celebrity cameo in this episode, but it's also because he does it so well. Right? Yeah. He's just he's just playing him very very well. He plays this this director so so well. So it's almost out of respect that I feel yeah. like we're putting him in the worst celebrity cameo. You know what I mean? Uh, he just It's a little bit like Seth Green in that sweet episode, which is literally called Seth Green Day. And yeah. it's like, you hate him so much every time he opens his mouth. And it's like, that's because Seth Green's putting on an incredible performance. Like, really that's not good. because he's a yeah. hateable person. It's it's just really, it's nice. So I agree. It's kind of best worst, this category yeah. uh, this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey. hey. First day of shooting, we pop the cherry. So how are you feeling? I feel good. Good. You know, some actors can be thrown by my way of working, you know, no rehearsals and such. Yeah, I totally understand everyone has their process. Yes, it has worked very well for me in the past. I think that the lack of preparation gives you a more natural performance. Well, as long as you're happy. I'm happy. You seem troubled. 
What's on your mind? Uh, it's just a couple of my lines. Your lines? You don't like them? Oh, no, actually, I really love them. It's just that Jason ended up saying them. Oh, that. <laughs> You're aware of it? Of course I'm aware of it. It's my set. I'm aware of everything that happens. Oh, he's good. He's good, too. You'll take him away. Uh, you, you're not troubled by it? No. When I got Jason to agree to do this, I knew that I was hiring an actor that was very fiery and volatile, but also capable of a brilliant performance. So what then? So it means I have to pick my battles, or I might lose them altogether. What about me? You, Vincent. You're stable. <laughs> I don't have to worry about losing you, do I? Well, I'm just afraid of losing my character if he doesn't go into that fire. You're not worried about that? I actually think that when we get to that scene in the third act, where you are overcome with smoke, I think your turning point will be much better, more interesting this way. Really? Really. So let me keep an eye on the big picture. You keep an eye on you, OK? What would you say would be the best perk this week? So some episodes these guys get VIP access, cars, etc. There wasn't a ton, but I, I have two. But I want to hear yours. If so you have one. mine was, and this is not as as tangible of a perk. I feel like, but I'd mm -hmm. probably go with Andrew's friendship with Ari, because mm -hmm. it was great that he stayed in touch with Ollie, Ari all these years after they went their separate ways. Right, like they go their separate ways. Ari tells that story. You know, yeah. he, he went with Terrence. He went with the other guy who scammed all of his, his clients or whatever. Yeah. But, like, having someone in, the, you know, kind of in the inner circle, I think that's a perk. To me, that's a perk where you're like, I could reach out to this person if I need. I've, if I'm gonna, I really like that pitch. as an answer. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't as tangible uh, as, like, previous episodes or, like, really high-end episodes um, mm -hmm. of, of Entourage. But this this one, to me, I was like, oh, like. Andrew's life changes because he he sends you know he he leaves a message to have lunch, that's a huge perk. One hundred percent. He also wants to borrow half a million dollars from Ari, sure. which is you know <laughs> let's let's not let's not beat around the bush. That's a that's a big favor. But and yeah. so but like the friendship, the lifelong friendship is what gets him to where he eventually ends up. Now, I'll also say, at the beginning of the episode, Ari goes, "What's my fortune cookie say?" and Lloyd goes, "Oh." Vince was very happy with the diff that you gave him. And he's like, what did we give him? And he, you know, Lloyd makes a joke of a bath and salt sea scrub thing from, and then Ari gives him a look and he's like, no, we got him a jet ski. It's jet like, ski oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> you never see the jet ski. The boys are never near a body of water at any point. But like the fact that like people are handing out jet skis is, is pretty cool. And then Ari asks Lloyd to run and grab a stainless steel Rolex from the store. So that that's like so fucking entourage. I think that had to be their like, Every episode, we have to bring up Rolex this season in order to get our sponsorship. So, like, let's just bring it up randomly. Ari takes out his black card and makes run, Lloyd run and grab him one. <laughs> Any word from the forest? Vince got his start gift, and he says, thank you. Great. What'd I get him? A sea salt scrub from Bliss Spa. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yes, of course I am. You got him a jet ski for the lake out there? Great. I have amazing taste. Good work, Lloyd. What's my fortune cookie tell me? 
that you've got lunch with Andrew Klein and that you cannot cancel, cancel it. it. You cannot cancel it. I'm the boss. I can do whatever I want. All right, you've canceled on him six times already. You can't cancel on him I again. I don't want to sit at lunch with him. It makes me sad. Why? Because it reminds me of what I might have become, a TV-lit agent in Encino. You did not become that, Ari, so sit at lunch with him and feel good about that. You sit at lunch with him knowing you could be him one day if you don't listen to me. When do I not listen to you? Right now when I'm telling you to cancel it. Andrew Klein was once your close friend and mentor. Now go reminisce and enjoy yourself because I'm not canceling. Maybe put on a cheaper watch, though, so he doesn't feel too bad. <clears throat> Run down to Geary's and get me a stainless Rolex. So I have that. I'm kind of skipping ahead here, but you, you talked yeah. about it. I have to. So it's my favorite. That's my favorite Ari moment of the episode really? is when he tells Lloyd to get him the stainless steel Rolex so Andrew doesn't feel as bad. It's because it's the thought of that being a step down in watch yeah. quality for Ari yep. is yep. something I I can't fathom. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I haven't replaced a first-generation Apple Watch I got as a wedding <laughs> gift in 2015. It broke last year, and I was like, I guess I'm just not going to have a watch. You That's know? It. So th when Ari – and you see the disdain on his face, too, where he's like – uh, just get me this stupid watch that costs more than anything any watch I've ever owned probably combined throughout my life is uh it's it's pretty incredible. I will say, and I just remember this because of the episode two weeks ago that I did with comedian John Cullen, the watch he receives in that episode from the head of the studio, John Ellis, yeah, is a five hundred thousand dollar watch. It's called what? I can't even pronounce it. It's called a I, I'm not even trying to butcher it, but like we both marveled at that amount of money being on someone's wrist. So, wrist. So, if Ari actually had was wearing that watch, it probably would make somebody feel bad. There's no way a five hundred thousand dollar watch isn't noticeable at a table between two friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, also, there has to be a limit on telling time <laughs> in terms mm -hmm. of price. <laughs> I mean, five hundred. That's that's a, there's people. There's people's houses cost five hundred thousand oh, dollars. Yeah. Not, not here yeah. in the Bay, but uh, other places. <laughs> and like to have, just have that on your wrist, I don't know, it's, it feels dangerous to me. I'm, I'm concerned for Ari's safety. Yeah, seriously. He needs a bodyguard walking around. Um, okay. We don't have a good keeper or sleeper this week. If there was a female character that showed up just for this episode or for this arc, I'd want to talk about it. Literally, the only female character is Barbara Miller, so I think we can skip... This <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't find. I mean, it's, it's rare for an entourage episode to not have one. Yeah. Uh, and this was one of the rare ones. And yeah, I mean, shout out Babs. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, she keeps Ari in check, but uh, it's uh, no one else. And uh, honestly, actress Beverly D'Angelo, especially in her younger years, was quite the looker. So if she was yes. like a yeah. girlfriend of Vince's, I'd be like, keep her. She's, uh, she's worth <laughs> keeping around for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll also, since we're just skipping over categories, I'll also skip over faces in the crowd because this is a pretty limited cast this week. It's all the main players. Yeah. yeah. Plus, we did Jason Patrick. Werner, Andrew Klein, but like every, other than that, it's just like literally random firefighters on the Smoke Jumper set. I scoured IMDb. Nobody with that bit of a career outside of this episode. Nobody with like other recognizable roles. So, no faces in the crowd or keeper asleep. Ben, we'll have to have you back when there's a oh yeah uh, an episode that has a little more in both. How would this episode be different today, plot wise? So, I feel like it would be Turtle would have leaked some footage of Jason Patrick stealing Vince's lines to like TMZ <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and then that drama would have started percolating uh, on the internet about the chaos yep. and on the set of smoke jumpers and, and Ari 
and Dana Gordon would have probably got involved much earlier. Uh, so that's where I think I think someone would have leaked it uh, that there's something else is happening on the set that is not kosher. That's yeah, I, I de- like to immediately write this wrong to Vince, they would leak it to the public or to the press and it would become, you're right, a, a headline. So the director's got to make a statement. Oh, we're very happy with Vincent Chase, like yeah. all this stuff. And it would be this like whirlpool of news that would surround this movie until it went to the theaters and it would actually probably help bring people to the theaters to that oh maybe i'll see some on-screen tension between yeah. jason patrick and vincent chase i love that that's one i didn't think of and, and and really really super insightful i don't think somebody as successful in quotes as andrew klein could hide out in the valley for a decade now because with how digital first everything is, right, the entire yeah. Hollywood agency world would know about this five-person shop in the Valley that apparently reps 60 successful riders and clears $5 million in profits a year. Like That little agency would have its own LinkedIn page. It would have Glassdoor reviews. It would just, like, it would just be a public entity that people would be like, you want the best literary agent? You go to the Valley. Andrew Klein shop. It's the best out there. There'd be ads for it. It would just be more public knowledge as opposed to like, Oh, we don't know what Andrew's been doing in the valley for ten years, but a little nitpicky, if I'm if I'm being honest. But no, I mean that that's a great call. I mean, it, it's probably turned out best for him <laughs> that you know people didn't know. He kind of like part of the struggle, part of at least his struggle led him to this point where he makes it big. So he's probably glad that no one really knew about him, and he's kind of able to float under the radar a little bit until it was time for him to uh, kind of emerge and, and claim his uh, his rightful place uh, in Hollywood. Completely agree. And it's a perfect transition to continue talking about Andrew Klein because he is my six-man award winner. Do you have someone else, or can we talk a little bit more about Andrew Klein? I do want to talk about Andrew Klein. I do have someone else. Uh, I have I have Lloyd. Ooh, like this. So the the speed of which he crunched the numbers on Andrew's <laughs> yeah. company books was re- – he did it so quickly. It was pretty damn impressive. Uh, like, he should have been promoted to agent on the spot. Right? Absolutely. Like, Hey, I just him- made I just made this agency so much money by being able to decipher these books. That's how you get promoted and in the Ari, corporate world. It seems like Ari gave him like thirty minutes to figure it out, right? Where he's like, he was just asking him if he was done yet. I'm like, yep. Lloyd, you you gotta advocate for yourself after this. You know what I mean? Like, you you would have <laughs> avoided so much agony and pain in later seasons when yes. you went on that journey to become an agent. So Lloyd was my my guy, man. He like again he just sets off this chain of events that makes Miller Gold a shit ton of money and Andrew so Klein a shit ton of money. It's fantastic. <laughs> and he doesn't even have an accounting degree. He doesn't have any accounting software. <laughs> he's just looking at numbers, apparently. He's, like He's an assistant. He's just that good. That's not yeah. his job. He's, no. he's an assistant. Take longer, Lloyd, seriously. I'm almost finished. How big of a loser is he? Andrew Klein is no loser, all right? Andrew Klein is a big winner. How so? It looks like he just has a little cash flow problem brought on by the strike, but he quietly has a very nice business. Really? Unless these books are cooked, I think he pays you back in full in 90 days. Wow. Did you know that he has over 50 writers staffed on TV shows? That's unbelievable. He's an anonymous star, wrongly judged by the location of his office. Jesus, he made some money last year, huh? And paid some out. Look what his assistant made. You want to work in the Valley, Lloyd? It's a great point, dude. I, I love them. You're bringing a lot of like new stuff to the table, which I really appreciate. I, don't just follow me, because I wanted to give it to Andrew Klein because I just love Gary Cole so much. I love seeing he's great. him in this world. He's great. He's a believable friend of 
Ari Gold. They're both Chicago guys. Gary Cole started at Steppenwolf Theater in Chicago. I used to live right across the street from Steppenwolf Theater. Jeremy Piven had a long career there as well. Like These are guys who, in some world, were probably friends at some point in their life. Yeah. He had a big acting career in the late 80s, early 90s. He was starring in the TV series Midnight Caller, American Gothic. He's been in The West Wing, The Good Wife, The Good Fight, Veep, Chicago Fire. Movie-wise, Office Space, Bill Lumberg, Iconic. Iconic. Dodgeball, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Um, and then... He's had a huge acting career, uh, voice acting career as well. He voices the title character of the Adult Swim series Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, which I've never watched. But he's Principal Shepard on Family Die. He's also James Timothy Possible on Tim Possible. This dude's a working actor. Like, this dude's doing it all, and I love that about him. He's incredible. I, I, I love, again, his just in this episode alone, this, his, his story arc. Right, He goes yep. from lovable loser to kind of making it super, super quick. Uh, yeah. I will say though, this is not a bad thing about Gary Cole. Uh, Andrew's the, the the seeds are planted here that yes. Andrew was going to cheat slash yes. leave Marlo, right? Like I was about to say that he says he goes out of his way to shit on his wife a few times unnecessarily. Yeah, it didn't age well. Uh, like he calls her older and flabbier. Oh, dude, I know. Even among friends, that's sacrilegious. Yeah. No, you don't even think that as a married man. <laughs> you don't even think that. No, up. You don't even... <laughs> that's not. That should not be a thought you have about your wife. And then, like, it's it's one thing to be like, you know, he wished he said he says he wished Brad Pitt married her, yeah. like when he was flirting yeah. with her. Um, and then, but <laughs> he like doubles down on that when he's like, uh, when Ari says something like, "Remember, we said we were never gonna get married, or, or like we, we give them until 45. And yeah. he says, "My New Year's resolution since 1996 never took." Oh my, that is dark, dude. You've been wishing that like you divorce your wife for 14 fucking years. Like that's pretty. That's a long. That's a long prison sentence. That's dark. We also guy. see that he's like kind of prone to emotional breakdowns when Ari yeah. and him like come to this agreement he leaves the table which yeah. I think is fine in this moment but next week spoiler alert Barbara puts him on the spot and is like pretend I'm Julia Roberts and he has to leave because he's having a panic attack let's fast forward to next season when he's trying to close what's his name who wrote the West Wing who I can't think of that everyone uh, loves. Aaron Sorkin Aaron Sorkin thank you the Sorkin notes yeah sorry and then he he basically has like a, a nervous breakdown for that as well you're kind of like this guy might not be able to cut it and they're doing a good job of planting those seeds early with these little moments so completely completely agree that like maybe he's not as happy or go lucky as we think <laughs> also Barbara was probably right that about yeah. him right he ends up sleeping with a co-worker yeah <laughs> uh yep. He drove his he drove his car through his house. He ends up doing that. Yep. He so ends he up his notes that he needs so badly. He ends up being fired from the agency entirely. Has to go to drug rehab because he was stealing money from the agency. Like that that's a throwaway Jeez. line in a later season. <laughs> that Ari really? just said. Yeah, he Ari just says that uh, when um oh it's when uh the the girl that he was sleeping with I'm forgetting her name right Lizzie. now Lizzie Grant is talking about becoming the head of the TV agency. And then Ari just says, you're the reason why, you know, he is where he is. And like, he's wow. fired because of this. It's like, it's such a throwaway line, but like, I catch it every single time. Cause I'm like, dude, that was your friend. Like that was your was, boy. That was, was, yeah. I know he slept on your couch a couple of times after his wife kicked him out, but like, 
my god he was just he then just went and stole from that's that's wild yeah i'm i'm glad you caught that because it was something i wouldn't have caught until i was watching those episodes for this because uh, that, that never occurred to me <laughs> yeah. we're always unearthing things here on the entourage <laughs> yeah. podcast yeah <laughs> all right last couple questions ben what was your favorite drama moment We've talked about a lot of them, but if you have any other ones. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's hands down. He takes a massive shit uh, in Jason Patrick's <laughs> trailer. Uh, let's just say revenge is best served a la commode. <laughs> Ugh, gross. Disgusting. That but line. It's, it's so drama. It's so drama. Yeah, I'll also say just the opening scene when we're open on just like the beautiful serenity of Big Bear. And then he starts banging pots and pans to wake everybody up because <laughs> we all that? need to be up to support Vince. That's what he says. Rise and shine, morning glories. First day in production. Wake up. Wake up. Baby bro starts shooting today. We all need to be up to support. Hell, I'm up. Oh, you are now, son. Let's go, manager. Your number one client starts shooting today. I don't think you want to miss it. Jesus. Baby bro. Baby bro. He turns over Turtle's bed. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't care how good of friends we are. You do that, we're fighting oh, the rest of the day. Dude, 100%. Like, I'm not I'm not happy with you for the rest of the week. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm holding a grudge. Like show some respect to my personal space. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that, is, that is my yeah. bed. What was your favorite Ari moment from this week? And you already, I think you already talked about it with the the the, the black card and the go to yeah. the stainless steel Rolex. So that was my favorite moment, but it was also the realization that so he he um, I noticed this a lot in this episode. His office specifically, it changed from the initial design. So oh, interesting. Um, it was it was it was around the time Miller Gold became a thing. Uh, I think, oh, it was around the time, uh, it, it was when E and Bob Ryan first meet. So when Bob Ryan's in okay. the office and E comes into Ari's office saying, like, Vince wants to work. And, you know, uh, Ari says, I will work when he's ready to work, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah And, like, yeah. he's still designing his office. And he's like, oh, I'm going to put a shower over here. Oh, that's and he right. Point, yeah. He gestures to kind of the, the left area that you don't really see throughout the, the rest of the series. But... I caught a couple of glimpses of it in this episode. It's just another waiting area. It, <laughs> I was like, what the? Ari's a liar. Like, that should have been a shower. That was supposed to be a place where you could bathe and cl yeah. clean up before important yeah. meetings. And you d also, the, desi the, the, the design just makes, why would you have another waiting area just uh, to the left? You know what I mean? It just, the design of the office didn't make sense. That was my favorite moment of just realizing Ari lied to E when he told him yeah. about the shower. Oh, of course he did. Yeah, he was be he was being like a dickhead. He was like, oh, I'm going to put a shower there, a steam. I think he said a steam shower, too. Yeah. yeah. It never, like, and we never get to see the uh, the scene where Ari gets upset that the, those plans can't be done. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Where he gets to. You know what? And, and this is not to get super, like, day job on you, but, like, from a production standpoint, it makes sense why the Miller Gold Agency is designed the way it is. It's all these big, movable glass doors. Yeah. Where you can see through them, and yeah. you can like literally bounce light and reflections in different ways, so that you can look from Ari's office into where Barbara is, into the you know the the conference room in the middle. We can see someone coming up the hall. It's very, very like made for TV. Whereas if this was your actual office, it would be a nightmare to work in because. You wouldn't have any privacy. <laughs> you wouldn't be able no. to do anything without <laughs> without a million eyes being on you. But 
Yeah, no, aesthetically, wow. it's very pleasing. Like, if you're a client and you're walking in, you're like, oh, wow. There's just, I yeah. see people. I see, you know, so, like an energy, a vibrant energy about the mm-hmm. place. But, yeah, if you're working there, you can't you can't be on freaking Twitter, <laughs> like, scrolling. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like Ari could see you and fire you in, in 30 yep. seconds. Which he would do. Yeah. Which he would do. And also... Yeah. This uh, this type of office doesn't exist anymore because everyone works from home, like we both do. So exactly, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a, this type it's of real a dated, estate isn't as valuable. It's a dated office at this point. That's so crazy to think about. So my favorite Ari moment is him talking Andrew into letting him buy the company. Yeah. You want another shot of Brad no. Pitt? No, Ari, that's not what I want anymore. No. You're bullshitting me. What? What? I am my own boss. I come and go as I please. I answer to no one. You answer to TV hacks and a glamorous night out is an invite to the Writers Guild Awards. You don't know what you're talking about. I know that you rep Mark Cherry for a decade, and it was the decade that he lived at home with his mom, and I know that as soon as Desperate Housewives hit number one, he left you for that schmuck over at William Morris. You stick with me, and I swear to you, no one will leave you again. I can't even imagine trying to talk to these people anymore i can i can imagine you selling them the way you sold me i mean do you remember when i was gonna walk and go back to chicago and become a lawyer the speech you gave me it wasn't much of a speech i just said do you really want to die a loser fucking lawyer in chicago you really want to die a loser lit agent in the valley it's such a great line delivery by piven he just wallops that serve right back into andrew klein's face and it stuns him it takes him by surprise and eventually after two or three more double scotches he agrees but it's really nice it's really heavy-handed in a good way in my opinion yeah no i mean that's a great call and again it's it's again just seeing ari in a different light right where he's not he's not trying to i mean he, he is trying to sell andrew for his benefit a little bit but again he he could he could get anyone he wants in terms of expansion Right, he—they're just that good and that big of an agency at this point. And he goes for his friend. He he picks his friend and he brings him along for the ride. Just kind of like it's—it's it's a very like Vince-like move, right? Vince yeah. is just always like, let's you know bring in Turtle E and drama along for the ride. But you know what? That's why I think when you said that's your bros being bros moment, I think that's the best bros being bros moment for this episode. Is honestly the re and yeah. thing. So kudos to you, man. That's so so the. Perfect transition. I'm so good at these transitions. Ben. I can't <laughs> understate how good I am. Who besides Vince won this episode? I have Andrew Klein personally, but who do you got? Oh, I have Ari. Uh, just, Andrew was up there for me. Um, sure. I have Ari just because he reconnected with a great friend, and mm-hmm. and he started the you know the much requested expansion of Miller Gold, and Barbara obviously rejects him at the end of the episode. <laughs> but spoiler alert: we know how it shakes out for Ari and Andrew. They they. They expand uh, and and they both become very successful and, and especially Andrew. But I think Ari just adding a friend to the mix and obviously that that takes up a turn of its own with Andrew in his sure. life. But it's um I, I like to see Ari happy. <laughs> that, that's that's where I was I was at. Everyone likes to see Ari happy, and he's been yeah. he's been riding high this whole season with the studio head offer and the like bait and switch with Amanda Daniels and uh, Dana Gordon, and he just keeps winning. Until he doesn't in uh, in about two seasons, which you know we'll get to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Was this an A list, B list, or D list episode of Entourage? And we can use pluses or minuses. I have it as a a solid B. I have a solid mm. B list episode. Yeah. I think it's a really really solid episode. Um, it has everyone firing kind of on on all cylinders. 
I think yeah. the wet blanket <laughs> that is known as Werner Volstad uh, really throws this one off just a little bit, you know, for me. Sure. And and you know, look, maybe I'm 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 being too tough with my grading, but I like to to get it to an A, an A list episode for me anyway. The the episodes of Entourage that are A's are the ones where like the guys are just having a shit ton of fun and end on a high note, kind of like um like the Sundance Kids, uh, which you know you redid with our mutual friend Kyle Benduho. Shout out Kyle, yeah, yeah. Uh, great great episode, uh, and and like Vegas baby Vegas, um, really. But overall, this again really solid episode. Uh, a lot of hijinks, uh, hijinks I should say, mixed in with you know some real emotional moments, which I I, I very much enjoyed. I think I'm going to go B plus. I really liked this episode a lot for a lot of the same reasons you just said. Drama is on fucking fire this whole episode. I <laughs> yeah. like yeah. I liked the new batch of fresh plot lines we did. We got the German director and Vince squaring off. We got the new Andrew Klein character. And then we're shortly going to get like uh, Ari and Barbara going at it. And then eventually, you know, Ari succeeding. The soundtrack, like I mentioned, it's killer. The location's incredible in retrospect when you actually looked at those scenes of those explosions going off. Certainly not a Pantheon episode of Entourage like you're talking about, but of these three Smoke Jumper episodes in a row here, I think it's the strongest of them all. Um, yeah. So I'm really glad I was able Great to call. have you on for this, man. I'm really, really glad you joined. I'm really, I'm really, really appreciative. My last question, all first-time guests have to answer this. Yeah. And you kind of already did at the beginning of this episode, but I want to hear your answer. Who are you in your own real-life <laughs> Entourage, Ben? So – admittedly i wanted to be vince <laughs> you know it just it just wasn't in the cards uh but i'm definitely the turtle uh of my real life entourage and you know i, I mentioned the um the sneaker obsession earlier but uh, sure. similarly you'll you'll rarely catch me with a hat on <laughs> these days uh <laughs> it would take someone of lauren london's stature to see my hat hair <laughs> or, or my wife i guess um yeah. and oh, or, or secondarily yeah, my wife <laughs> yeah, yeah she was like take off your hat big i guess um uh, and you know <laughs> i'm always ready to gas up my friends um on the shit that they're doing you know and yeah and and, and just like turtle i've also exchanged movie entrance for sidekicks so <laughs> that's <laughs> that's just where i'm at <laughs> in my life <laughs> Ben, this has been so much fun. I'm 100% going to have you back. We got three seasons left, so are you available three more times? Like, We'll figure something oh. out, man. I know you're busy with the NBA season coming up, so we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> I, I've always got time for Entourage. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's one of my favorite shows ever. Uh, it's, it's just a feel-good thing. Like, I feel like whenever I throw it on, I'm just hanging out with some old friends, right? And like, yeah. not like a weird way. Like if I see, if I see, you know, Jerry Farrar, Kevin Connolly, uh, Kevin Dillon, like in real life, I'm not going to be like a freak about it, but it's, sure. um, it's just, it's just very comforting, right? It's, it's like, it's comfort food. It was one of the, uh, the shows during the pandemic that I just ran back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where I just, I just, it was just, we're trying to kill some time. Um, it's, it's just, it's a comfort show. So anytime you want me on, I am in because this, this has been one of the most fun podcast experiences of my life <laughs> and i appreciate you having me on it, it was just it was like an a-list episode of entourage it was just all fun <laughs> love it ben where can the listeners find you follow you listen to you yeah no i mean uh check me out on twitter uh at cruise control it's control with a k uh check out everything we're doing you know on the ringer nba show ringer wrestling show everything we're doing at the ringer period uh we're doing we're doing some great stuff over there uh, but for the for the foreseeable future, I'll be on Twitter because I am on paternity leave. <laughs> and uh, shout out to my son uh, for uh, for getting me some time off. <laughs> Not shout off, out to the Rainer, shout out to yeah. Ben's son, and shout out to you, dude. This has been a blast. Like I said, when I come up to the Bay Area for some games, we're gonna go, we're gonna throw it out. Maybe I'll bring my mic, and maybe we'll do this in person. 
We'll do it in person. Thanks, JR. You're the best, man. You too, man. Talk to you soon. Bye.